Yes. <clears throat> yes. First time for two iPads on the table. <laughs> Look how awesome we are. Hi, guys. Oh, man. Um, this is great. Um, we miss you. If you don't know me, uh, my name is Ben. I'm a pastor here at Grace Point Westland Church. And for the past two and a half years, I was the college young adult pastor, the Oasis pastor. And it was, I don't know if you noticed or heard something. And, and we planned this to try to be intentional with tonight because we knew, I thought majority of freshmen were going to be there, but apparently everyone skips things. I did too when I was a freshman at SCSU. <laughs> but we wanted to give you a piece, and, and I want to talk about a little bit about my heart, uh, of what's happened with me in the last, I mean, really year and a half uh, from the beginning of COVID on why, even as you heard Brennan, and if this is the first time you're finding out, we've obviously had a transition at the church where he is now your college young adult pastor. And for me, there's been a lot of different things that have happened. Just, I think everyone can probably say this in your life, right? I mean, everyone here is probably 18 plus, maybe. That's 18 years. You've had 18 years, if not more of life experience. Some of us, especially over in this corner, have a little more years of experience. Amen. Let's go. I, I joked around as, as, as Brendan was talking. These first two front rows here, the average age here doubles the average age of everywhere else in the sanctuary. Because there's no age limit on being a young adult, Brennan. <laughs> Amen. But we all have had different life experience and things that have led us to different moments and different points of decision. A year and a half ago, like a month after everything got shut down because of COVID, God was doing something in my soul about desiring for Oasis, our college young adult ministry, to partner with other communities around South Dakota and around what I would call our district with the Western Church, which is like six different states. We noticed that there were a lot of different college communities and young adult communities that didn't have movements of God happening in that demographic. And so something in my soul just burned to want to see something like this I, not this exactly, because this can't happen anywhere else. That, and I don't mean by size. I just mean Brookings is different than Vermilion. Brookings is different than Fargo. Brookings is different than Aberdeen. Brookings is different than Watertown. But something like this, where hundreds of young adults gather to worship Jesus, to join in community together during the week, to be sent out from this place to help their friends and family know who Jesus is. And so I was just burning in my soul. So my first year that I started as the Oasis pastor, as the college young adult pastor, we partnered with the church in Watertown, which is a part of our network called Grace Point Westland Church in Watertown, and they started an oasis for LATC. And it's this, tomorrow night they're having their kickoff, and it's their third year running. And they're seeing a movement of people getting excited about what Jesus is doing in their life. And we've had a lot of different conversations with a lot of different other college students and young adults and even pastors around the state. And so this was getting burdened me, and, and as this was happening. I obviously was getting excited about last year for Oasis and what God was going to do. And a big passion of mine was like, okay, well, how do we start or at least partner with, come alongside other communities to help them do what God is asking them to do and just resource them as a church that has resources to build a relationship with them, to see a movement of God happen like the one that every single one of us now have experienced here in Brookings. And so I had a leadership team multiple times just pray about this over the last, like, the last school year. I talked to Brennan and Pastor Jaina, who's our worship pastor, which you guys know that. And we talked a lot about this. And this was birthing in my heart. And last fall, 
We were a couple months into the school year, seeing incredible things happen. We're talking about 18 small groups this year, 21, or last year, 21 this year. Like, we're seeing things happen, and God's doing something. And it was just still burning in my soul, like, how do we partner with other communities? How do we partner with other communities? And I don't know what you know about big, the bigger church of Grace Point, but we have two different network churches, one in Watertown, like I talked about, called Grace Point uh, Westland, and then one in Aberdeen called Hub City Church. And we are, they're a part of our network where we resource them, we help them, we encourage them. And, and as we were doing that, the district, who is like the overseeing body of, of our specific church here in Brookings, they've asked our senior leadership, Pastor Steve, who you see on Sunday morning, and Pastor Aaron, who you also see on Sunday morning, and sometimes here on Sunday night. They asked them to just be a part of like training leaders and sending out people on what it looks like to, to help these other churches, these, these smaller churches in different communities, just to resource them, be in relation with them, help them. And I had a conversation with Aaron, last October, and he talked about this idea of, man, we're looking at hiring a multiplication pastor because Aaron had a ton of stuff on his plate. And when he said that, I immediately in my head, I thought, well, I wonder what that looks like. And because I don't know how not to talk, I said, well, what does that look like <laughs> to Aaron? And he said, well, it looks like, you know, it looks like it would be someone who would like oversee our residency program. They'd be like overseeing new church plants and new movements where we're going. And then if we have any other network churches like Watertown Everdeen that come into our network, they would oversee them and hiring pastors and, and doing that. And I thought, oh man, <laughs> that sounds incredible. And so I went home and prayed because as a pastor, you're supposed to pray. That's the thing like as Christians we should do, right? Amen. Can I get an amen for that one? Let's go. Let's give you good here, man. I'm, I'm so excited. And so I literally went home that day and I prayed about it in a weird way of like, okay, God, this sounds really cool. But like, so like in three years, what would it look like to me to like be in this position? Like, what is, I don't know what this means. Cause obviously I'm not done with Oasis and I don't want to be. And I prayed about it and literally like God does this to me sometimes. This, uh, an image came to my head and it's not an image. It's literally like a video was playing in my head. This is just how it works sometimes with me. If you want to talk about it, come talk to me. It happened multiple times in my life, but an, a, like a video came in my head. And I saw this, this video of like a fast forward of a progression of I don't know how much time of a young man named Brennan who I would be in transition with over I don't know how many years to eventually take over Oasis. I thought, oh, like that's amazing. And then I could be this multiplication guy and I could oversee residency where I actually get to be a part of equipping pastors to go and be missionaries or church planners or lead pastors or whatever. It's like, oh, that's incredible. So I went and I told Aaron this. And he looked, this is the next day. Cause again, I don't know how not to talk. And so I went and talked to Aaron, who was our staff development pastor here at the church and talked to him and said, hey, I, I prayed about what like we talked about yesterday. And I know you didn't ask me to, but I did. And I just got to tell you what, what, what kind of happened. I have no expectation, but here's what happened. And I said it to him, and I was pumped about it. And he looked at me and goes, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> and I said I had no expectation, but I legit was like, oh, like, I, he doesn't he think I'm serious at all about this. And he said, well, you know, that, yeah, this is, like, we, we want to hire someone. We don't know what that looks like. We don't know what And I laid out this, like, idea of a plan that was not a great plan because I'm not a planner. That's why we have Brennan for the last however many years that I've been here. I'm, like, an idea guy, and somehow him and Jana get stuff done. I don't know how it works. I'm just an idea guy. And they crush it. And so he said, yeah, well, well, let's see. Let me talk to Steve. Maybe we want to talk about it. And so I just, I, I forgot about it because, again, I did, when I said I had no expectation, I had no expectation. But as we were going through the school year, as I was seeing what God was doing in Watertown with LATC, as I saw what God was doing and, and being able to 
lead and disciple some of our leadership teams. And then we have leadership Monday nights and we created a ministry team last year, which Brennan talked about. I just seeing these really cool things. I just kept thinking about God wants to do this in more places than just here. And I kept praying and I kept thinking about it and it just kept growing in my heart. Because God was, I knew and believed that God was moving in other communities in other states and other towns. And I knew this burden and this ass that he had put on Grace Point's leadership team with, with Steve and Aaron. And so I kept praying about it and thinking about it. It was just on my heart. And January came, and Aaron pulls me into his office. He goes, I talked to Steve about the idea you had, and I want to talk to you about it again. And so we talked, and we prayed, and God kept growing a passion in my heart. And he asked me, how many, like, what's your ideal amount of years that you would want to move from the Oasis position to this, like, full-time? I go, I don't know, like, three years would be, would be nice. Because I wanted, I'm going to forever be a part of Oasis. That's just the reality. Because young adults don't have a maximum age limit. So I'm going to be here forever. I just, it's, again, this is, you guys know my story. If you've heard it, uh, if you've been here, you've heard, like, this is literally the ministry God used to save my life. Both spiritually and physically. And so I'm always going to be a part of this. So I, I, I had this something in my soul, like, oh, man, just this couple years, we'll lay out a plan, it'll be really great. And he goes, okay, yeah, let's, let's keep praying about it and see what happens. And a lot of what was happening in my soul, just even, again, this is last January and February, is I don't think this comes up, and I don't think this image or video gets into my head if we don't have a guy like Brennan, who knows the ministry, who has experienced years of God moving in his life, and in other people's lives. A guy who, like God called out to Israel in Jeremiah. Jeremiah, I'm sorry, Brent, I'm going to preach. I apologize so much. I'm going to get to you. There's so many different times throughout the Old Testament that we see God raise up a leader and a prophet. And he raises up this prophet. And he speaks the words of the Lord to Israel. And a lot of it is warning, but it's also hope. And he, in Jeremiah 3, he talks, he's so frustrated with Judah that he gets so, he's so mad at them that he actually speaks through Jeremiah to the people of Israel. And he tells them, come back, my wayward children. He said, as you come back, I will give you a shepherd. I got to read it because I haven't memorized it. A shepherd. Oh, I lost it. Oh, no. Boom. I will give you a shepherd after my own heart who will lead with knowledge and understanding. And I see a guy, Brennan, who's not only been an assistant pastor here with Oasis, he's been a pastor for you guys, who you guys know, who you've heard him preach, who shared his heart, who shared tears and sweat. And I've seen what God has done in his life just in the last two years, and he's obviously been moving in his life more than that. And I see a shepherd that God has raised up who's after God's own heart who I know will lead with knowledge and understanding. He's one who pursues Jesus well. He's one of my, I'm going to say, he's one of the, the best friends that I've had since I moved to Brookings. I've seen how he's prayed and preached and pursued Jesus. And again, if he's not here and I don't, I'm not able to do ministry with him, I don't think God puts this into my head. And I don't think that two months after I had the conversation with Aaron in January and March, we go forward with Brendan now being the Oasis pastor. But I wanted to be a two to three year plan turned into a three month plan. <laughs> but that's how God moves. Because Oasis has never been about one human, one person, or one, I should say this differently, it's only been about one person. 
and that person is Jesus. And so whoever's leading, God still moves. But what's awesome is you now have a college young adult pastor who's a shepherd after God's own heart and who will lead with wisdom and understanding. And I'm able to press into what God has been putting on my soul for a year and a half to lead. We have two residents right now who are incredible to be able to encourage them and they encourage me. And we, I just literally went to Aberdeen this morning to install a pastor and they've been waiting for a pastor for two years. God is moving, not just in Brookings at Grace Point here and other churches in this town, but around this state. And so I'm gonna ask you guys as I transition over to Brendan here in a little bit to pray for me in this new role, to pray for this church to be a part of the community of what God has going on here, but also to pray for where God's already moving in different communities, in young adult communities, in college communities, in this state and in our district. Because he's gonna ask us to move in one aspect of that job and one reason why I'll always be connected with Oasis is this is a sending ministry. I'm sad to say, but 99% of you will not be here in next year, three to four years. That's just the reality, but that's awesome. And a part of my position now will be to be more intentional in how we send out. So instead of sending church planner to a place or pastor to a place, we're going to send teams. And I believe the teams will be raised up from a group, a group of young adults that God has put passion and zeal and fire in their heart for Jesus to want to see the world be changed in the advancement of the kingdom. Not for us, not for Grace Point, not for Brendan, not for Oasis, but for Jesus. Amen? So with that, Brendan, come here. I'm going to invite... Pastor Jaina, who's our worship pastor, and Pastor Ryan, who is a family ministry pastor here at the church. And I did not do a great job in the last two years about like ever having Pastor Ryan be involved with anything. But Pastor Ryan is technically Brennan's boss. You know how I joked a lot how I fired Brennan like 18 times over the last two years if you've been here? I had no authority to do that, which is why I was really comfortable with saying it a ton because I knew it couldn't happen. That's, that's Ryan's job. And so Ryan has been a part of this process of affirming ultimately what Brennan is now, which is the college young adult pastor. And he graciously handed over to me uh, to be able to pray for Brennan in this transition time. Um, and so if you guys would just raise your hands out if you're able to, we're going to pray a, a prayer of just blessing over Brennan of this transition, even with him and Allie, uh, Allie's his wife. You'll hear a lot about her over the next however many years that you guys are here. So just raise your hands if you're able to. Towards Brennan. We're going to pray for him, and we'll get, I'll, I'll stop talking. <laughs> Father God, we thank you for, I mean, just even in this moment, life and breath, opportunity to come and worship you as, as a body, as, as a church. A church, that, uh, a family that you have brought together, that you have, have joined here. Both new, from this being their first night, so they have no idea what just happened in the last 10 minutes or those who have come for years. We thank you that you've moved it all. Even from 2005, the first night of Oasis, you, your hand has been on this ministry. Thank you that for the pastors that have shepherded and led well over the last 16 years. And I thank you for a shepherd that you have raised up who one is after your own heart. And I'd ask that you'd continue to give him a zeal and a passion to seek you, Jesus. that you would continue to grow for him what it looks like to have knowledge and understanding as he leads and preaches and prays and teaches. As he equips people to build up the body to full maturity, to encourage each other in what it looks like to grow in love first towards you, God, 
and then towards each other. I'd ask that you would protect him and Allie in their household, mind, body, and spirit. I'd ask that you would lead him away from temptation, temptation of, of pride, of his own person, and then lead him and guide him into deeper relationship with you, King Jesus. Give him vision for what you desire to have happen in this ministry. I thank you so much for what you've done in his life and that he's not done. And for the rest of us, this congregation that is set before you, that has been invited here, those who have, have been here a while and those who have yet to come, whose lives will be changed this year, that's that you would continue to fill us with love and wisdom that you continue to remind us that we have a hope that is not of this world. Continue to remind us that death has been defeated. Jesus, that you are risen and victorious. That heaven is all around. Your kingdom is here. And we ask in every area of our life, we would experience your kingdom as it is in heaven, here on earth, in our lives, with our families, with our friends. I'd ask that you would continue to work in Brennan, helping him and molding him into the son that you have created him to be. And as you work in him, we know, Holy Spirit, through your power, you will work through him. Bless him. May his ministry and the ministry of this ministry and church bear fruit and may that fruit remain. In Jesus' name, amen. Wait, 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 wait. This guy doesn't get off that easy. Come back here, Mr. Geetson. Uh, <clears throat> so he gets to say all these nice words about me. I get to say at least something, and then I promise we'll move on, because everybody's like, this is a little emotional for me. But Yeah, if it's your first night, welcome. Yeah, sorry. You stepped into something. Come back for kickoff. I pray it'll be different. But uh, this is Ben. Like I said, dearest friend. Like, that was kind of joking, but literally, like, he's been one of my best friends, and this ministry isn't where it's at without you. Um, you've shepherded it well, you've done a great job, and you've changed my life. Like, I can't talk about it too much because I'll get emotional, but legit, you've changed my life. You've shown me what it means to be a husband and a a father and all those different things. But I say that in front of you because I know the testimony of this group, a lot of you say the same, that through Ben's faithfulness over the last two years, lives have been changed. So thank you. So I promise we wouldn't clap for him, but maybe we'll clap. All right, it is my turn to give you a little bit of story time. And if I'm going to pastor you, if I'm going to be your leader, I feel like you deserve to know a little bit about me. Like, I know if you've been here before, you've heard me tell stories and you've, you've seen me preach and maybe you know my name or you've talked to me in the foyer, but like most of you don't actually know how I got here. Like, how did Brennan become the Oasis pastor? Well, that is a story. Let me, let me tell you. So kick back, relax, let's get into this. I'm breaking it into three parts, a little bit of past, a little bit of present, and hopefully we'll look at the future if time allows. So first, when we look back to the past, I was born February 16th, 19, I'm just playing. We're not going all the way back. Uh, I would like to start in my younger years. I am from Sioux Falls. And when I was from Sioux Falls, I went to a Lutheran church. And I don't know about you, but Lutheran church has an emphasis on confirmation. So I went to church like every Sunday, like I don't care how hard I fake slept. My parents were, I was up, like I was getting out of bed and I was getting to church. And when I went to church all growing up, I was more excited about like the slushy after church if I was good than I was about anything happening in that 60 minutes. Like 
didn't care at all. But I went because my parents wanted me to go and I'm thankful they dragged me. They're probably watching the live stream. So thank you, parents. However, what didn't happen is I never developed any kind of relationship with Jesus. Like I never had any kind of like knowledge of what it looked like to follow him, nor did I care to. And so I got confirmed, which is like the Lutheran church's like stamp of approval where you step into and like confirm your baptism. So it's like this moment where you're supposed to take your faith and make it your own. To me, it was the moment where they gave me like a C plus on the test and I was like, deuces, I'm out of here. And, and so I never came back. Like, like if we're going to be honest, like I went to confirmation, I did the thing and I was gone. Like I never went to youth group ever again. Uh, and I went to Sunday morning every once in a while, but I had a job when I worked on Sundays. And to be honest, like I'm, I don't want to be fake up here. I didn't want to. Like, I had no desire to go to Sunday morning church. And I got in with a group of friends who, they weren't bad people, but we were popular, and we cared about what people thought about us, and we did the popular things. So yeah, there were girls involved, and there was illegal substances involved, and I did all the things, you know? Like, I was living life, right? That's what you're supposed to do. And then I got to this moment where God even though I didn't really care about him, he still cared about me. Because if you would have came up to me, I always would have told you I was a Christian. And I like to use this word like nominal Christian, where I was Christian by name only. So I took the title of Christian, but my life, actions, thoughts, and entire direction for my life had nothing to do with Jesus. But if you would have asked, I was a Christian. And because I was a Christian, I went to FCA. And my high school was, it had FCA. And honestly, like the teacher did so well at like getting a ton, a ton of people there. Like we'd have huge swarms of high schoolers come to FCA events. But like most people there didn't care about Jesus. We were just there for the people. Like any opportunity we had to hang out and to, to enjoy time together, we took it. And so I was at FCA, not for Jesus, strictly for more honestly, maybe some cute girls. But I don't want to call anybody out tonight. I know we got mixed, mixed motives up in the room. Somebody's like, oh, there's probably a cute girl here. I'll go. But I was there for cute girls. And then a guy stepped up. And it was a guy I knew, but we were best friends in like elementary school. And then he went to a different middle school, which was like heartbreak. Like, I don't know if you've been there, but the lines were changed and he went and like tears and, but he left, went to a different school and he came back in high school. And I had never really reconnected with him, but I kind of watched his life from afar. You know, you notice people. My high school was big, but like I still knew who he was. And I always noticed there was something different about him. I never could put my finger on it. I didn't really know what, but like he was different than me for sure. And, but he was different than a lot of people. He was just, a, he was different. Not weird, different, but different. And then that night at FCA, he stood up and he started to talk about this Jesus guy. And he didn't talk about Jesus like I talked about Jesus. Distant, I mean, just name, like no details, no relationship, nothing. Like he talked about Jesus like he knew him. Like he'd walked with him, like he talked with him. Like this guy had spent hours like just being in relationship with this guy and, and he talked like that. And I'm sitting there at FCA, like for one second I've tuned out from the girl radar and like I'm listening to him. And I'm, for the first time in my life, I noticed there was maybe something more to this Christianity thing. Like this guy had something. There was a reason he was different and I wanted it. I wanted what he had. I wanted that relationship he described. And so I went home and God did a work in my life 
And I just started writing down every question I've ever had about Christianity. It was like a weird pen frenzy where I just, I had it all up here, but I needed to get it on paper because I was never going to commit to something I couldn't believe in. Like, I think some of us in church, we don't really want to push any of the buttons. We don't want to ask the hard questions. That was not how I was rolling. I was like, I'm coming in guns a blazing. I will make an, uh, an appointment with the pastor. I'm sitting down. You're going to answer these. Before I come to any of your services, you're going to tell me where dinosaurs came from. And... I sat down and I had that conversation and I started reading my Bible and God changed my life. And I started to see what a real relationship with Jesus could really look like. And I started to, to fall in love with this guy named Jesus. And I went to youth groups and I went to Bible studies and I went to book studies and, and I went to literally anything that could put the Christian tag on it. I was there. Like I was all in. Like kind of all in. Because while in the front end, my life was all about Jesus. I was there. Every time there was a Christian event, I was there. I was first on the sign-up list. I was serving. I was given. I was there. Off the Christian scene, Brennan and Jesus did not get along. Because I was still the guy who for 17-odd years had chased girls and parties and pride and performance and people's opinion of me and popularity. Like those were the things that I cared about. Maybe that's you. Maybe those are things you care about. I hope you keep coming and you hear a little bit about what this Jesus guy did. But that, the tension between what I did on Sunday mornings and what my life looked like on Saturday nights drove me to the edge. I've never been more tired, more exhausted, more burnt out, more hurt, more sad because on this night, on Saturday night, I was turning up with the fellas. We were going to roll. We were going to do it. And then on Sunday morning, I was in the front row praying. And on Saturday night, you could have checked my search history and you would have found some stuff I didn't want you to see. But on Sunday morning, I dropped a 10 in the tide bucket. And I lived a double life. And it hurt not only God, it hurt myself. It hurt me. And then, now I need to ask you a question. Where were you five years ago, about today. Like if you were to think about it, lock in. Some of you, if you were freshmen, you would be like, eighth graders? Wow. Um, others of you, you maybe were like just graduating college and you're a young adult. For me, if I looked back five years ago, almost to the day, I was in this section, three-fourths of the way back, sitting by myself. Because on Friday night, I was turning up. I was with the homies. I was getting sick all over some random person's backyard. I have no idea how I got home. All of Saturday, I nursed the worst hangover. But Sunday, I stumbled in here and I sat back there. And I came by myself because I had nobody to walk the Christian faith with, really. And as I sat there, I felt like I was sitting alone. But God met me there. And in that moment, I, made a, I got to make a decision. And tonight, I think you get to make a decision that I could continue in the double life. I could keep doing the party scene and the girls and, and the, the different mindset and focusing on, on money and all of this different success status. And I could keep running down that path and I knew where it was going to lead me. Or I could go all in on God. I sat right there five years ago to almost the day. And I got to make a choice. And that choice I made is I chose God. Tonight, I think you have the same opportunity. Maybe when I tell a story, when I tell my life story, like I hope you don't hear all of me. I hope you hear what God's done in me. 
And that as you hear what God's done in me, you can connect to what God could do in you. So tonight you also have a choice. About a year later, if we were to fast forward, I was sitting like here, this section, maybe like six rows back. And I was sitting there and Steve Norby was preaching Sunday morning and I had just this like total emotional like breakdown. I was with a group of people I wasn't really friends with and they were like, this guy is weird. But God again was doing something in my soul. And what he was doing as Steve told his story was he was connecting it to my story. Because Steve was talking about his call into ministry as I in my life was experiencing my call into ministry. And I felt like God was maybe calling me to be pastor. And I, I had had a couple moments like that before, but this was the one where it stuck. And I left and I didn't tell nobody because I was like so scared. I was like, if I say it, it's going to be really real. I don't know if you've ever been there, but it just feels like if I keep it to myself, maybe it'll go away. That same week, the Oasis pastor at the time, whose name was also Ben, but not this Ben, sent me a message on Facebook. I had had maybe half of a conversation with this guy ever. And he sent me a message and he said, hey, I'm looking for an intern. And I just kind of thought of you. Me? I don't even know you. I've never even had a conversation with you. I've come to your ministry, but we don't talk. And he messaged me on Facebook the same week God did a work in my soul sitting right there affirming a call to ministry through the local church of what he was already doing on the inside. And so I came and I interned and after about a year of interning, I was like, okay, that was fun. Like, let's try something else. And then the church came to me and they're like, actually, we'd like you to be an assistant pastor. Well, like an assistant to the pastor, to be honest. Like you, you won't do all the pastory things, but you get to be an assistant. So I was like, okay, cool. They'll do that for a year. I was still here at SDSU and I graduated from SDSU in 2019 with a communication and economics degree, which I'm kind of using. Um, but uh, I graduated and I was like, okay, cool. I did two years here. Like, I'm ready to move on. You know, like I've lived in Sioux Falls and Brookings. It's time to go somewhere else. But the church came to me and they said, hey, we've got this residency program. We're really liking for you to be the very first person. We'd like you to be our guinea pig. For some reason, God was like, yeah, that's a great idea for you, Brennan. And so I was here for another two years. So fast forward, Ben's having this whole total like spiritual breakthrough thing. And I'm just chilling, you know, like, <laughs> In May, my job is ending and like I'm trying to figure out what my life's going to do. Like I'm married. I got two people to think about now and like I'm trying to put all the pieces together. And Ben and Aaron, they come to me and they're like, hey, we'd like you to be the Oasis pastor. <laughs> and I'm like thinking about moving to Hawaii or something like that, you know? Like I was like, where can I go next? And God opened yet another door and now I stand before you today. And five years ago, I sat there. And five years to the day, I stand here. And never in a million years would I have connected those two, not, two, two dots. Never. And so now I ask you, look five years into the future. For you, personally. In five years, where could God have you? If you were to make a decision today that says, you know what, I, I'm out on everything that life has tried to teach me. I'm in on God. I'm in on this Jesus thing. I want to devote my life. I'm in in a small group. I'm practicing discipleship. I'm reading my Bible. I am in. If you make that decision today, where could God have you in five years? I hope it's not up here because then I wouldn't have my job anymore. I hope to be here for that long. And when I get to the present and I look at up here, I, w I just want to tell you, like, I've been where you are. Like, not just in these chairs. Like, I was a student at SDSU. I was a CA in those dorms. I was an admissions ambassador. I maybe gave some of you tours. You maybe saw me speak at an event. Like, I've been where you are. I live as a young adult in this community. I, Weirdly, I know what it's like. So as your pastor, 
I pray I'm able to just communicate to you some of my own experience and that it connects. Not by my own skill, but by the grace of God. And when you look at your life, you might still be in some of my past history. But that's okay. Because where you're presently at doesn't need to get get compared to where I past was. Be where you presently are and dream for where God could have you in the future. And let's together, let's get there. Let's, Let's take steps to be there. Being at Oasis, not just the nights I came as a student, not just the times I, the couple of years I served on leadership, not the time I've spent, the whole thing has been probably the second greatest experience of my life. Second to getting married. Like, there, this ministry means more to me than nearly anything in the world. It radically changed who I was. So when I look to the future, I get really fired up about what I think God's going to do. And I get so excited about what I think God wants to do. And I promise you, I will give you my best. Everything I've got, I promise to give it to you every single day as your pastor and your leader. But I also want to promise you this one thing. That as your leader, you don't have to worry about me. (laughs) Please pray for me. Like, I need your prayers. Uh, But you don't have to worry about me. Because I promise to lead out of my love for Jesus. And I promise to connect with Jesus daily and to always invest in that relationship. And because of that, he'll take care of the rest. I'm not worried about tomorrow. I'm not worried about this position. I'm not worried about the transition. I'm not worried about the year. I'm excited because I'm leading out of a love that Jesus has given to me. And so over the last year and a half, we have had... uh, a prayer that as a staff and a leadership team that we have prayed over our people, over our families, over our small groups. And it comes from Ephesians 3. And really, as I was looking to how can I finish what is right now and transition into the future, I wanted to just give an opportunity to pray this over you in person, as we've prayed it over you countless times other ways. So make sure to join us next week for kickoff, and we're going to preach a normal message, and it probably will be less emotional, I would think, But I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for being here. And continue to dream for what God has for you in five years. Pray with me. Ephesians 3, 14 14 through 21. Paul says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, there it is, leading out of love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long, how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the full measure of God. Now to him, to God, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Jesus Christ throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen.